We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And here we go. There's a man open left side. Caught. Touchdown. Yes. It's Touchdown at 10 with Russell and Medhurst. Packers and Washington this week. What looks to be a befuddling Packers team coming to town. And for Washington, it's the return of Taylor Heineke. Touchdown at 10 is underway right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Chris, I'll ask you this. Taylor Heineke says he is light years ahead of where he was last year when he was thrown into this fray as the starting quarterback of the Washington football team. Only time will tell as uh, his play will dictate uh, our thoughts and to see how much he has improved at the quarterback position. But, you know, let's face it, the weapons are better. There's no doubt about that. And yesterday, Ron indicated that, look, you know, they've got to, without, you know, giving details away, They've got to craft things more to what Taylor Heineke can do. The question is, can Scott Turner in a week do that here? Can he make the alterations? Can he kind of rearrange his playbook and put things in that take advantage of four's skill set that some of the things he can do that 11 can't necessarily do with well, this does team. he have to rearrange his playbook or can he just be smarter and call games and build a game plan that is predicated I, on the short to intermediate passing game with again a little more rpo action a little bit more maybe designed runs maybe inside the five yard line that type of thing spread out and let Taylor pick a hole on a maybe a quarterback draw, something like that. Things that you wouldn't maybe call for Carson Wentz. I mean, you don't have to – it's not like you have to rebuild Rome overnight to go from Carson Wentz to Taylor Heineke. For crying out loud, everything that they ran last year that presumably, presumably was tailored <clears throat> to Taylor, right, is readily available only to your point. They're better this year in ter- well, they're better in terms of skill personnel, right? With Jahan Dotson likely coming back this week. Doesn't we're not sure about Logan Thomas yet. And John Bates is also banged up. He missed much of the Chicago game. So they might be very, 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 very thin again at tight end, which they've really been uh all year. But if while the offensive line is not the same, and and clearly we recognize that. Uh, obviously, Heineke's mobility is something that can help them. Not that it's going to solve everything, but it it can help them uh, hold up a little bit better, a little bit longer. And by the way, I don't I don't buy the the notion that the offensive line is so much better the last two games uh, than it was for Philadelphia and Dallas. Yes, it is by the sheer numbers, Pete. It couldn't have gotten any worse, number one. And number two, 
Uh, sorry, but Tennessee and Chicago, not the same pass rush as Philadelphia and Dallas. 100%. Right? So, 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 but Green Bay is not Green Bay is not Dallas or Philadelphia either in terms of pass rush. I think they're better than Tennessee Green, and Chicago. Let me ask a question about Green Bay's defense here. They're, they're not – they are not analytically and certainly the team record is not where it normally is mm-hmm. for a team like Green Bay. But is this one of the few times, though, where Green Bay's in this predicament because their offense isn't holding up their end of the bargain, well, and yeah. they're not playing for the for the first time in a while. Yeah, Packers aren't playing complimentary football. When you play complimentary football, you're thirteen and three. Yeah, right now they're three and three, and that's not Green Bay Packer like. I, I, I agree. I mean, remember they um, look they added two first round picks to a defense that was already good. I wouldn't say they were great last year, but they were really good. On the back end, especially with Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes, and then what they got out of Rasul Douglas, who was cut earlier in the year, and then uh, by uh, was it Arizona, and then caught on with with Joe Barry and, and Green Bay, and really kind of found himself again. They were really good in that area. I think they've got two good safeties. Their linebackers are, you know, a little little bit of a question mark. I mean, I, I guess it depends on how you view, you know, Preston Smith, who in their system is more of a, a and Preston was that way here, more of a stand-up edge guy, of course, than a hand down in the dirt, you know, down lineman, uh, that type of thing. So their linebackers are a little bit of a mishmash. They lost at Arius Smith uh, to division rival Green Bay in a salary cap, you know, move. But he was out much of last year. Devondre Campbell was awesome for them last year. I don't know if he's had the same impact this year. But really, like, to me, this Green Bay defense is not, like, ferocious by any means. But I think they're – I think they're – good and deeper and better than what they've faced the last two weeks, meaning Tennessee and Chicago. I think they're good, deeper, better, more versatile, more layered. And again, their back end, their back end is way better than what Washington has seen the last couple of weeks. Way better. So this is not going to be easy to just say, well, Taylor Heineke is going to give them a spark and he's going to run around all over the place and he's going to be... Listen, those are some of the things he brings to the table. There is no doubt about that. They should be a lot better on third down, Pete. It's hard to be worse than three of 22. It's hard to be worse. It's gross. They should be a lot better in those two areas specifically. Getting Jahan Dotson back, obviously, provided that he doesn't have a setback here, it looks like he'll play, is a huge bonus, especially if we're talking about inside the five-yard line, especially if we're talking about in the red zone. Jahan Dotson, I said this to you, I think, after the Detroit game. Both of his touchdowns in the Jacksonville game and the one in the Detroit game, so he had three in his first two, like the moves that he made from basically the one- or two-yard line – out of the slot were just sick. Just sick. That's Stefan Diggs like football. Oh, and if you get that, now you got to get down to that area, but they did at the end of the Tennessee. How different do you think the Tennessee game went prior to the interception, 
or maybe on the – how different do you think the end of the Tennessee game would have been if Jahan Dotson was there? If John Dotson or Logan Thomas were there. Yeah, I mean, uh, two gigantic pieces right. to your potential red zone puzzle. Right. Uh, but you still got to go make a play. But uh, you're right. Course. Yes, you're right, though, because Dotson, if you have McLaurin on one side, you know they're shading extra coverage there. Sure. Safety's got to stay in the middle of the field to acknowledge Logan Thomas. Mm-hmm. And you probably got Dotson one-on-one. Yeah. In an elite route running situation yes. there, just as we've seen Diggs at the two yard line put on a footwork clinic mm-hmm. to get open in the end zone, you would have had Dotson have that opportunity potentially for Washington to do something similar yeah. in that situation. So there's no question, no question it crushes your red zone offense when you have an elite route runner not there and a big targeted tight end in the middle of the field that's not there in a situation like that. So just just having Dotson on the field is a significant uh, deterrent to how teams have to plan their coverage. Because if Dotson's not on the field, that they can clearly, uh, without question, shade an extra man over to where Terry McLaurin is. Mm-hmm. And without watching the film with Scott Turner and Carson Wentz, to understand why Terry McLaurin's targets aren't higher, you have to. And I'm sure Taylor Heineke, just by nature of being the backup, you're going to look that way a little bit more. I'll be interested to see where McLaurin's target count goes this week, but also in concert with how Green Bay shades its coverage toward Terry McLaurin as well. Well, he's been averaging six a game. That's not enough. That's not enough, clearly. So Your elite guys are in that. We we both think probably that that, he's going to be in the 8 to 10 category. Your elite guys are in the 10 to 14, 15 range every week. But let's, let's not... Let's not jump from A to D. Let, let's go from A to B, okay, or A to C in terms of the, the target leap, right? So if we say 8 to 10, I think that's much more realistic than going from 6 per game to 14 or 13 or whatever it is. Yeah, sure. Right? Let's, sure. Go, let's go to 8 to 10. What bugged me yesterday, and I, uh, I got to look up the exact quote, Rivera's like, yeah, we got to do a better job of getting him early in the game. Um, How many times have we talked about it hello? where he, does, he doesn't get a target until like the second hello? or third quarter? How do you not realize this? How do you not find a way to do this? Cooper Cup gets three or four targets in the first two series of the game. He gets targeted every time they have the right. ball. And here's the thing, too, because this isn't in Terry's DNA. If Terry goes over there... Like one of these wide receiver divas and starts yelling at people mm-hmm. and yelling at the coordinator and yelling at the quarterback, you know, imploring them to throw him the ball more. Then we start killing him for being a diva. So throw Ter- me the damn ball. Terry is trying to do things within the team concept as a professional. And I'm sure very quietly or whether he gets on the headsets because Scott's upstairs now as opposed to being downstairs where that could be communicated even uh, more directly. But at some point, you know, at some point when, when Terry goes over there and says, Hey, I, I have a matchup here or I'm, I'm winning against this guy, you know, your quarterback and your coordinator got to figure out how to get that guy, the ball now, because I mean, I don't know about you, but when you look at the all 22, I see 17 winning on routes that the ball could be delivered. Yeah. Oh yeah. And either a, they're not even looking that right. way. Wentz missed him so many times over just the last two games. And or 
in Carson's defense, when you start feeling that pressure and that false pressure. I know. Because that's the key. Actual pressure is one thing. But because of that pressure, you start feeling false pressure. Your clock speeds the up. The clock speeds that, up, no doubt. I, I, there were t- no there, doubt. There was a crossing. A sh- I don't know if it's a shallow crossing route, but that's what it looked like to me from left to right last week in the Chicago game, first half, where Terry McLaurin lines up in the le- on the outside left, runs, you know, again, what I'm calling a shallow cross. It might be something different in, in other vernacular. I don't care. It's a shallow cross to me. And Terry's running, and he's like literally like, I mean, he's not doing this, but I mean, he could have been like, hello, hi, I'm here, please throw me the ball, because he's wide open by yep. like 10 yards, and Carson doesn't even look his way. Now, again, wh- what we don't know, like to your point always, is until I sit down with Scott, whatever, and they're not going to be truthful and honest, you can't say, well, maybe that wasn't the progression, maybe that whatever the case might be you know you know what i need i need a site adjustment then if that's not i'll take you back to that final play of the tennessee game on the interception to me okay and again this is something that they just won't answer truthfully uh and i don't know if it was exactly asked i guess it wasn't terry runs a very clean slant a quick slant on that play from the two yard line the the interception and he's open before he gets bumped off now he's short of the goal line as we talked about that week right he's short of the goal line and maybe he comes up short and gets popped and the game ends just like that maybe all he does is literally he gets off the line of scrimmage with such a quick move quick bend to his slant and he's wide open at like the one half yard line. Maybe all he's got to do is literally catch the ball and fall into the end zone. And we're talking about a freaking three and three team here. Okay. But it didn't happen that way. But my point being is they've got to find a way, even if it gets intercepted, even if it gets knocked down, even if it doesn't work, even if it's incomplete, they've got to find a way to get him. Here's Ron's comment uh, yesterday. He was asked, you know, how much he wishes to have, you know, the same quarterback for a full season uh, and, and have everybody on the same page. And specifically, uh, Terry McLaurin playing with so many different quarterbacks over the last season. He, you know, obviously answers, well, that's what you want. You know, of course, that's not what you have. He says, for a guy like Terry, especially Terry and the rapport he has and he develops with guys is tremendous because of his athletic ability and skill set. I mean, one thing we have to do as well, and we've got to be cognizant of it. We've got to make sure he's involved at the very beginning of what we're trying to do because he's such a dynamic guy. So now, listen, you could take that literally and say, Ron, what the bleep are you talking? Wait, you're not cognizant of what we've all been screaming about? You're not cognizant that Terry's got like two catches in the first quarter of games, of six games this year? If they don't know that, their quality control people and and analytics nerds need to be fired for not making them aware. Exactly. And and if they don't just know that just based on common sense, right, they should know that. So I don't take him literally when he says we've got to be cognizant of it. I think what he's basically trying to say, once again, he kind of said it wrong, is we've got to emphasize that. So here's what we do, right? Pete, you you can run the ball on, on the first play from under center or out of out of gun, what whatever you want to do. If Terry McLaurin, I'll, I'll go one step further. If Terry McLaurin's not targeted twice – one on a short route, maybe a slip screen, maybe a wide receiver screen, maybe a tunnel screen, maybe a quick slant, 
uh, maybe a quick hook, whatever, a, si- a quick sideline out. If he's not targeted twice on the first series, we're doing something wrong here. Get him the bleeping opportunity to make it happen. Uh, whether it's over the middle, whether it's on the sideline, whether it's outside the numbers. And again, that doesn't mean you have to dial up a nine route. That doesn't mean you have to stretch the field right away. Scott, it'll come. <laughs> it'll come. It'll come off a play action, out of a timeout, off a turnover. It will happen. Let's get the ball to Terry quickly and not just once on the first series because they did that in the Dallas game and it actually worked. It actually worked. They ran like a little slip screen on the first series and it worked. But Pete, make it an emphasis. Don't just be cognizant. Don't just be aware. Make it a freaking emphasis to get Terry McLaurin eight to 10 targets and to target him twice on the first series. Then you get Green Bay going, oh, okay, they're they're doing something here that they haven't shown us. So now we've got to pay extra attention to Terry. What happens when you pay extra attention to Terry? Other people get open. There you go, big guy. That's what we're looking for. Washington, Green Bay, Taylor Heineke back in the lineup. Thoughts on what Heineke adds here, and can he be the spark that saves this Washington season? Let's start here on line two with our man Ryan Powell, who joins us. What's up, Ryan? Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up, Ryan? Hey, uh, so a couple questions. Um, With Taylor Heineke, Let's say he plays the next five matches, uh, games, not, not American, American football, not English football. Yeah, they're going um, to be on the pitch at FedEx Field on Sunday. Uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah all right. So um, which defense would give him the most issues other than Philadelphia? Because, I mean, the Packers have less tape on him this year if he's made improvements. I don't know if he's going to get injured or possibly have more issues if he's in the pocket or scrambling around. So let's, I mean, or the, with the Titans, I'm not the Titans, the um, Texans or uh, Atlanta defense, or would it maybe be this defense that might give him more, more of an issue? I have another question about our defense. Would um, Jack Del Rio, if his defense continues to improve, um, and Chase Young comes back and they continue to improve. Do you think, I don't, I mean, I don't know what Ron will happen with him, but do you think Jack Del Rio has aspirations of being a head coach somewhere next season? And my last question, um, if it once Dan Snyder goes, is there any chance they would let the fans rename the team? That's a you know that's been a popular sentiment here of late in that latter part. And Ryan, as always, appreciate the call. We'll take him item by item here. I think again, it's so hard to get your team renamed and rebranded mm-hmm. unless they move the team and started with an expansion franchise. I just don't know if you can go through another name situation and rebranding again, though. I think that would be a disaster. I would say never say never yeah. in that situation. If I'm a new owner and I don't like it, yeah. I would have to talk to the league powers that be, you know, and and wonder if um maybe I do look into that and how plausible it is. Can I before we get to the Jack Del Rio thing, 
can I can I just say this? If I have to go through another name brand or another <laughs> name change or a logo change or shield change, I'm going to poke my Pole. eyes out. What's I'm your favorite poke name? My poke my eyes out. Don't do please, that. Please, you suck at everything across the board. Please just worry about the product. Please stop doing what you did yesterday. Please worry about the on-field product because you're in – just as bad a shape off the field as you are on the field, maybe worse. Uh, that's something, by the way, I, I want to throw out uh, a little bit later or, or, you know, whatever. Please don't worry about that. The Jack Del Rio thing is interesting because I've heard, you know, there's been plenty of friction internally, what have you. I, I, I mean, workable, but plenty of friction, plenty of yeah, angst, if you will, behind the scenes. I've heard that Jack you know, is looking forward to getting out of here. Whether he gets fired, whether he walks away, I, I don't know. Uh, I've heard he sold his home here, uh, and he's building a new home elsewhere. I, listen, I don't know what all that means, but right now, right now, Jack Del Rio is their best coordinator, and he might be their best coach, period. Right now. Is that impossible to say? With the elevation of the defense and the improvements they have made and the regression of the offense, I don't think that's impossible to say. There are people around the NFL that I talk to on a fairly regular basis that feel, you know, and have felt all along, long before the the shine was off the, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever that adage is. Shine was off the rose? Yes. Is that it is? Yes. Uh, that Jack was going to get you a book of cliches yeah, for Christmas. Uh, that that Jack has always been regarded by people internally in the NFL as the smartest coach on the staff, like pure football coach. Speaking of Chase Young, by the way, Chase to see Doctor Andrews Sunday. If all goes well, he may return to practice next week. Right, and that's because Andrews comes up just on game day. Right, so he's you know so unless they send unless you know. Right, that that's why that is. But so, it sounds like even if they get clearance for him to return for to practice next week, that it would be tough to get him amped up in three days for Indianapolis. Sounds like. I could be wrong. I would expect more the Minnesota game, uh, uh, provided that he gets clearance this Sunday from Doc. 301-230-0980. Uh, the deep, I mean, is this defense going to be the toughest one over the next four or five weeks that Heineke may see? Mm, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, I if, if, if the cutoff is Minnesota, yes. If we're including Philadelphia, I would say no. No, Philly, right, obviously. Right. Uh, but if, if the cutoff is Minnesota, I would say yes. The one thing that I, w- I would caution everybody on is, you know, Indianapolis has been a, a shadow of themselves on defense. If they get... They've been banged up, if though. They get Leonard, Shaq Leonard, Leonard has been in back, and out. Right. He's only played like one game, and he got hurt <clears throat> yeah. in that game. If they get him back, that Indy defense is a lot better than obviously what they've played. Maybe they're not great, great, but they're at least medium or mediocre. Above average, maybe? I, I just don't know if he's going to be back or not for next Sunday. 301-230-0980. Heineke back. What spark does he provide? And, you, I mean, think about this, as Chris talked about. The first couple of weeks of the season, everybody wanted to run Jack out of here. Now he might be the best coach on the staff. 
Certainly his unit is performing better under the circumstances. 301-230-0980. Does Heineke provide a spark again for Washington? Your thoughts at 301-230-0980. And, of course, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. That's how you get to us. No fuss, no muss. Taylor Heineke's back. Carson Wentz is hurt. Chase Young's going to see the doctor Sunday. He may be back soon. Interesting stretch of games coming up for the Washington football team. Your thoughts on it at 301-230-0980. We go to line one, and Jeff starts us off this segment. What's up, Jeff? Morning, guys. Hey, how, how are you? What's shaking? Chris? Chris, I might have your tire story beat. The guy came out from my fall furnace check this morning and comes upstairs, goes, you ever smell gas in the basement? <laughs> I was like, oh, boy. Oh, oh, boy. New furnace. To me. New furnace. To me. Oh, boy. So, those are those are not um, cheap. If I remember correctly, about twenty five hundred dollars or so. Oh, it's way north of that, but there's rebates from Washington Gas, and okay. I think there's something from the feds, too. Okay. So it is what it is. Um, real quick on the bounce check thing, nobody's buying a bank error story, right? Um, I mean, listen, is it possible? Sure. Is it with this organization likely that that's the scenario? Uh, and, and that's the truth? I, I mean, it's hard to buy, because, I mean, like bank error, like how many how many paychecks do they cut 
quite honestly, or how many payments do they make in, in, in any given week as an organization? And you're going to tell me, even though it probably came from the Charitable Foundation, and that's a much smaller and maybe different budget, that, you know, a 14,000-plus check uh, didn't clear. I, it's just hard to buy. And quite honestly, nobody knows exactly what, what bank uh, they bank with. And even if you went in and said, hey, I'm a reporter from... You know, wherever, uh, can you tell me why they look at you like you have 18 heads? They wouldn't talk to you. I mean, that's personal, private, you know, institutional banking, right? So nobody can really crack it. So for the commanders, whether it's true or not, it's a convenient shield, right? Because they know nobody can really crack it. Yeah, and I mean, we all know how 50-50 works. You collect 28 grand, deposit an account, pay out 14. It, it, it just makes no sense. Well, true. So, yes. That's the, um, that's the other part. So on Heineke, now I, I know you guys have been talking his mobility added to the game over Wentz, but when he's thinking of running, is he like Allen, Mahomes, and Burrow head up looking downfield, or does he tuck his head in the ball and take off and look to run? I mean, I think more often than not, he is probably running at that point, but that doesn't mean he can't make that improvement in his game with you know, sitting in that room with Wentz, with Ken Zampezi, with Sam Howell. Remember, Sam Howell's another guy like Heineke who's mobile but also has the ability to keep the eyes downfield if you go back and watch the Carolina tape. So that's got to be part of the evolution of Taylor's game now is while extending a play and the defense starts to come off their guy to come get you, now you seeing that and making, you know, making the defense pay for that type of play. So the the advantage of having a mobile quarterback is you can get a guy that can really put a lot of pressure on defenses and if he figures out, "Oh, hey, I see the defender leaving the receiver to come get me. Oh, I'm going to throw it to that receiver right now." Then you can get off-script explosive plays out of that. And if you get a couple of those, you never know where you're going to be in the fourth quarter of the game. Yeah, all the good ones do that, and I just never watched enough of him to know if he's, you know, well, I'm running, and that's it type of thing. Well, I mean, look, we've only seen him for one season, so hopefully he can make uh, that uh, repair in his game and make that part of a weapon in his game. Jeff, appreciate the call as always. Let's go to line two. Our man Bill's in Upper Marlboro. What's up, Bill? Hey, hey, how y'all doing? Just a couple points real quick on, on Heineke. Mm-hmm. Um, my question is, it looks like what we saw of Heineke last year and when he was playing, that him and Terry had a lot of off-schedule throw and catch. And it seems like when Heineke hasn't been in the game uh, and we've had all these other quarterbacks, Terry has has struggled in the passing game. Even I heard you talk this morning how they're not getting him the ball. And I'm just wondering, is that because there's an issue in the way that they run it with these other quarterbacks versus Terry's biggest weapon is playing off schedule with someone like Heineke? It's it's a fascinating point, Bill. And again, even Cup is a guy that as Stafford will float sideways trying to extend plays because Stafford's been under a ton of pressure this year with the Rams because that offensive line just hasn't been as good as they were a year ago, it is where your great receivers end up making that off-schedule explosive play like I was just talking about. I mean, so, again, if Heineke is not 
I'm putting my head down and just bolting out of here. If he's if he keeps his head up and looks to do that, because you know Terry, Terry's not going to stand still. Terry's going to move around, get to an open area, and we'll see if Heineke can make some plays that way. Now, again, those opportunities maybe present itself one or one or two times during the course of a game, even with a, a mobile quarterback, guys like Lamar Jackson, uh, who are, you know, obviously can run and run like lightning. Kyler Murray, same way. You know, they put so much pressure on the defense that if you leave your guy to come get them, you better darn sure go get them because if you don't, um, they're going to be able to find ways uh, to to beat you in situations like that. You know, there's two quick things that come to my mind why this offense should be better on Sunday. Let's start with that. We'll worry about Indianapolis, so on and so forth uh, later. Number one, remember, not only is this offense right now, right now we think, getting Jahan Dotson back after missing the last two games, that's number one. But remember, for much of last year, Taylor Heineke, when he started 15 games and played in 16, Pete, not only did he not have Jahan Dotson, you know who also he didn't have? Curtis Samuel. Yeah. Right? And Brian Robinson. Right. So, so... And Just Antonio that, Gibson now being used in the manner in which Scott has tried to be creative and use him. All of that. Now, he had a better offensive line than he has currently, okay? Fair point. But he he had... Like, to your overall point, he had nowhere near the weapons, and it's not just Jahan, who was clearly the new addition, because Samuel was, as we know, never right last year. You give me Taylor Heineke, and if somehow, someway I can get Logan Thomas back, at least on a limited snap count basis on Sunday, and even if I don't have Logan Thomas this weekend, you give me Taylor Heineke with Jahan Dotson provided that he's ready to go, and a healthy Curtis Samuel along with Terry and Gibson and Brian Robinson. And here's the other thing. I think Taylor Heineke is going to show you more zip in in his throwing motion. And McK- like He talked yesterday about how he learned over the offseason to throw more with thrust in his hips and all that. That's really important. No, you're looking at me like... I'm not I looking mean, at you at anything. I mean, listen, he might not be Shakira, and his hips might not lie, okay? Shakira's got the greatest hips in the history she's of She's got mankind. the greatest hips in the world. Now, she's not a great tax accountant, I can tell you that much. But I'm bumped. She should have people Ooh. handling that for her. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I I don't want to say the wrong thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> those those hips deserve Stop! to... <laughs> Stop! Stop! <laughs> <Don't. laughs> right. Well done, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're not gonna let me stick my my foot in my mouth here. Just don't be a don't. <laughs> Come on, Heisty. Anyway, I'll leave her hips alone. My point being is, not only did he work on strengthening his throwing motion and and however you do that, and there's all sorts of ways to do that, right? Uh, you add a little muscle, what have you. But also, he talked about again learning how to throw more with his hips. Like he said last year, he was basically throwing with his just his arm and his shoulder. And now when you get that torque from your hips, if he plants, like if he scrambles, Pete, and can somehow flush and then reset and re-anchor, that's going to allow him to throw with more thrust, more velocity, more zip, more zing, whatever you want to call it, 
even when he's on the run, if he can reset, replant, what have you. Now, you're not always going to be able to do that. But certainly in the pocket, he's going to have an opportunity to do that more. And then maybe even on the run. So I'm before we just write off Taylor Heineke, uh, and maybe I'm going to uh, Dr. Sabah 101 here, before we write off Taylor Heineke, it seems like, again, from what he said and what he's conveyed, and what others have noticed too, that he throw that he threw the ball this August with a little bit. I, I personally didn't notice it, but I, I'm watching a million things. More zing, more more zip, more velocity, whatever. And again, he's talking about his hips and in that itself improving his, I guess, th- overall throwing motion. So to me, I'm kind of interested to see. What the difference is, especially on those maybe intermediate to deep out routes or maybe a corner route, like what do they call that, a seven route, right, where the receiver maybe lines up on the outside hashes uh, and and, and runs basically a post to the corner. I'm curious to see if he can get it there with zip and zing. But again, I mean, when you – that's your job when you become a – when you've stopped becoming the journeyman and you've got a home, do the things you've got to do to uh, get better with your game. We'll see if all those things are truthful and pay off coming up this week against the Packers. 301-230-0980. That's how you get to us right now in Touchdown at 10. Chris has a look at what's trending. All right, we started off with the Wizards, who got their season off to a good start last night with a 114-107 win in Indiana. Home opener tomorrow night right here on the Team 980, as was last night's season opener. Team 980 in Odyssey, Dave Johnson, Glenn Consor, the whole crew. Uh, from Capital One Arena, 645, the pregame against the Chicago Bulls. Uh, and certainly the Wizards, uh, again, could use uh, the 2-0 start. The Commanders could use a second consecutive win. They'll be on the practice field about an hour from now out in Ashburn as they tune up for the Green Bay Packers with an extra day of work uh, this week. We've been talking about Taylor Heineke. If you missed any of that conversation, of course, uh, and what he said and what they probably have to do. Again, Jahan Dotson returning to practice yesterday. Logan Thomas still very much a question. They both missed the last two games as it is time for the Heineke Hive to once again Rear, it's ugly. Had baseball playoffs from yesterday. The Houston Astros, Dusty Baker doubling up the pinstripes. Uh, the New York Yankees, 4-2. And Philadelphia blowing in early, 4-0 lead San Diego. Uh, rebounds and wins 8-5 in game two of the LCS in the National League Series tied at 1-1. And that's what's trending. Might be a Mac Jones sighting in New England, but an interesting question I will ponder with Russell in the 11 o'clock hour about that quarterback situation. Unlike the one here where it's an injury for now, Taylor's in charge, and outside of maybe going like 4 or 5-0, and oh, I can't ponder a scenario right now where Carson comes back to the lineup no matter what. I mean, isn't it Wentz's job no matter what? Unless unless Heineke's completing like 80% of his passes and the team goes 5-0, and isn't Wentz getting his job back when he's healthy? 
Well, that's what I, I mean, that's what I brought up to you the other day, right? If if Heineke goes, if Wentz misses four games, which is expected, right? Uh, Seems to be the likely scenario to give it the proper time to heal. Let's just use four games, just Mm -hmm. you know. And again, maybe they're two and two. Certainly, if they're one and three, absolutely. But say they're two and two, right? Short of a three and one, four and zero type situation, where obviously you wouldn't, I wouldn't think. At three and one, four and zero. I wouldn't think even this franchise, as as backasswards as it often operates, would go to Carson Wentz. But if they're two and two, and say Heineke's, you know, sixty four percent completion, uh, you know, they're averaging, I don't know, let's just call it twenty points a game. It's not a significant bump up, not a significant bump up from Carson Wentz. They're going back to Carson Wentz. Everybody thinks they're going to Sam Howell next. The nonsense. They're going back to Carson Wentz. If if Ron has his druthers if he has like his choice. If the choice isn't obvious, he's going back to Carson because they've got to figure out not how to avoid the second round pick or the third round pick. But they've if he's the quarterback for next year. They've got to figure out whether he's the quarterback for next yeah. year, number one, and number two, also to have some sort of return on the investment. All right. You've but got that's that's if they're two and two, one and three, oh and four. If they're three and one and Heineke's playing fine, maybe not great. What do you uh, just an initial blush? If, what do you think? If if he goes three and one in this stretch, because he will have earned it. Because these next four games are against six and zero, oh, five and one, three two and one, and three and three. The three and three has Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. So that's the team with the worst record he's about to face in the next four games. So if somehow he comes out of this stretch, Chris, three and one, two of those games being on the road at the Colts and at the Eagles, if he's three and one, I have to think seriously about leaving him in there because if he goes three and one, that means I'm seven. That means I'm five and five. Yeah. And I, I got to be in the thick of it at five and Absolutely five. Absolutely you are. So now that's a tall task to ask, right? We, we, we detailed the, the next four games. Mm-hmm. That, that's a lot to ask for. But but that's what I'm saying. If he's three and one, even if he's not way 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 improved from a statistical and from an eye test perspective, if they're three and one, again, people dismiss the notion that winning matters for quarterbacks. Of course it matters. It's absurd to think it doesn't matter. Of course it matters. It do, it's not the only thing that matters. But Pete, if they're three and one in this four game stretch, and Wentz is cleared, they're like. Again, this horse. Remember, hey, by the way, you know what franchise way, at times, and and I could know this, just not do that. I know this can change, but remember that quote easy schedule that everybody tried to parlay on us, which, which was the biggest crock of crap ever. Do you know that the rest of the way they only have two teams on the schedule that are under five hundred right now? Yeah, the rest of the way. Yeah. The rest well, of the and, way, and, that, and part of that is because everybody was counting two Giants games as easy, which it never was going to be easy. Browns and are two then, and four. Yeah. Browns are two and four, and Texans are one three and one. Yeah, everybody else is five hundred or better. Uh, real quickly, just want to pass along this note. I I I, I didn't hear this, uh, but uh, you know Kevin kind of uh, tweeted about it and whatever, uh, and then Michael Phillips picked it up. Chris Cooley is not going to be attending the ceremony this Sunday when they bring back all the legends of the franchise. He said, "quote I'm very appreciative of being voted in." At this point, I don't have a lot of desire to be involved with the Washington Commanders, end quote. 
What do you make of that? Bang. Cooley, uh, listen, there's a lot of things. Cooley's his own dude, I've heard. Cooley's his own dude. Yes, he is. Chris has always been. He he marches to the beat of his own drum. There's a lot of things that I've heard. Um, You know, I don't think him and Dan have a very good relationship at this point. Uh, There's a lot of things that I've heard, you know, uh, about what Cooley wanted to do and 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 what he wasn't allowed to do and and what have you, let's just say it didn't end well when Cooley was on the broadcast team, right? And Cooley was basically in the building all the time. It didn't end well between Cooley and the Brass. Mm-hmm. And and my understanding is Cooley and Dan have li- like have not had any communication. Really, at all? That's a shame. Chris is a bright guy about football, man. Chris is and Chris is really bright when it comes to football. He's really smart. I but mean, if, I and, think Cooley wanted more, though. He wanted to be a coach, I, I, and, and I, I don't think that or a scout or or something. And I, and I think I I don't I think they thought that he was too friendly with the media at, at times, and he was a part of the media, and they you but know, you but but right now, Chris, don't they need that? They need people. That are, yeah. you know, are friendly to the media, or that the media looks at as commanders friendly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's a guy that could talk football in a great way and be a great representative yeah. about talking about football with your team yeah. if need be. But I think that was part of the breakdown. I mean, I, I'm not I, saying it was the only thing, but I think that was part I of know, the deterioration I, of the relationship. I think when you, and again, Chris, uh, Kevin's podcast through the years, has really been the best vehicle for it. But if you listen every single week to Chris break down the game, you're going to be smarter listening to him do that. And I think he adds something. Just like Ron thinks Ryan Kerrigan adds something to that coaching staff, I think Chris Cooley, one of the most popular guys, you've not had many popular guys over the last 20 years. Chris Cooley was as popular as it got. And if you'd have given him a chance to work in your front office, I think your front office would have been better because Chris Cooley, I think, knows a lot about football and would have really added uh, to the front office dynamic. We know she's got to take spleens out. Let's get to Sabah before the break. What's up, Sabah? Hey, guys. Oh, my goodness. I feel so bad that I can um, hold on. I think my, the background, your uh, radio is still on. Let me get that off. Can you hear? Can you hear me better now? No, you're good. We got no interference. Okay, good. Oh, okay, I could hear it, man. Um, so I feel bad about not calling in on. I think it was Tuesday when your awesome producer made the uh, Taylor Heineken card for me. That was so cool. Put the mine out. I'm going to try to get it laminated now. So uh, <laughs> I just want to say thank you. I, I mean, Essex, <laughs> Essex cool. not bad. <laughs> you know, a couple of times when we let him out of the cage. He actually yeah, like comes awesome. out with a, a sharp bite, you know. Occasionally, <laughs> sometimes he gets a little high on himself. We got to put him back in the cage, but uh, <laughs> well, I think he'll be. I think you guys, unfortunately, are just a stepping stone in his career. So I think he's got high things coming uh, he, in the future for himself. He's he, pretty. He, uh, he might be our boss yeah, one day. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, he, he just might. But I think he'll be a good boss. So don't the, worry about that. You, you think he's going to run CK yeah. out of town? No, I think CK is going to be a big silly in the company. Oh, I see. Ooh, okay. and, I see. and Matt Essig will be running the ship. All right, I like that. All right. All right. So here's my excitement. First of all, there's no way Wentz is going to see the field. I, he was so bad. He should have been 
long time ago. And if Heineke is just average, he shouldn't um, be replaced by Wentz when, if and when Wentz comes back. I mean, that Chicago game, the Philly, it just, I, it has been a long time, guys. You got to admit that you've seen anybody in the quarterback play that poorly. I mean, even Justin Fields is a horrible outplayed Wentz in the Chicago game. It was just tough to watch, and I know his finger was hurting, but that doesn't mean you can't attempt to throw to the wide-open guy right in front instead of to the triple-team McKissick. I mean, you know, he cannot read defenses, which Heineke can. Heineke has mobility. He's The receivers love him. I told you at the beginning, Terry is going to miss Taylor, and sure enough, he misses Taylor. And if Taylor can just not get injured, we are on our way to having ourselves a season. And I don't see why he can't go 7-4 again against a tougher schedule than what we deal with. And you know why at the beginning the, we played the toughest defenses in the league and now their defenses are dropping like Jaguars now number 10 where they were like two or Because they're playing other teams besides us. If you only play us early in the season, your defensive uh, uh, ranking is going to be tremendously high. So there's no way I want to have anything to do with Wentz. And again, why can't Heineke improve? Why? Why can't we just say he's going to improve like Hurts did and like Times did? Let him have a chance to improve. But again, no off season. We won't let him get a real fair shake. We felt, for some reason we just won't do it. And if we make the playoffs, the coach will still be looking for another quarterback. And that's the problem with our coaching. We don't allow continuity where it matters most, which is the quarterback position. So I appreciate it as always. Enjoy cutting Thank out you. those spleens and pancreases and. All that other we stuff. We got to get Dr. Do. Sabal a better phone, man. That thing was skipping like you a know record. What, though, I, think, I don't know if that was our phone monsters or I if think, that was Dr. Sabal's no, phone. I think somebody was trying to call Sabal. I think that's oh, call waiting. I think that's okay. the call waiting pause that you have right there. Baseball playoffs are underway. We'll give that a mention in the final hour. The dumb dumb of the day, of course. So many choices that uh, you all are sending in. We appreciate that. Russell will have that as well. 301-230-0980. And in our final comments, I'll tell you something that seems so simple but is so different and uh, we're losing a little bit of it in our society and I was glad to see it last night. We'll talk about that all in an action-packed final hour. It's Russell and Medhurst till noon. Burgundy and Gold today at that time right here on the Team 980 streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.